0: This is Mission Disco, a conversation about imagination, innovation, and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. I am Simon Kilpatrick.
1: And I am Brian Sanders. We are your DJs for this conversation.
0: Do you have any other was there any other particular highlights or any other yeah, kind there of was, points?
1: Yeah, so we, you know, even just the idea that your life is art. There was a there was a, a painter, a guy called John Seals, who I was talking about his grand. you know, he's talking about his growing up in kind of poor rural Kentucky coal mining uh, town. And I think he was just reflecting, if I remember correctly, he was really reflecting on his relationship with his grandmother. He would have been maybe embarrassed by her. Um, and of course, she would never have seen herself as an artist But now he's, because he is kind of high art, that's what he does now. He's actually abstract painter and teaches art. and He's reflecting back on his grandmother's quilt making and how she would sort of build these patchwork quilts and hang them. And even just her way of life itself was artistic. So maybe we can listen to that.
2: My um, grandmother uh, made quilts, and um, what some of my earliest memories, she would get scraps of um, uh, donations uh, in a holler, you know, in a, in a hollow, holler in Kentucky. And um, all up and down the holler, they would give her scraps, and she would make these amazing uh, blankets. She would never call herself an artist, but I certainly would call her an artist, you know, now. I mean, color theory and pattern and texture, just gorgeous. But that, there's this, um, armature that hang that would hang in the living room right in the living room you know and it and she would work at it and and put that thing together and it would take her months to do it and i remembered uh that when I had, when I had my, my child because I would try and squirrel away and like in my little pristine studio and make something and then come back and then be, you know, dad and wrestle on the carpet. And just the memory of my grandmother, you know, it was very communal for one. The, the materials came from the community. But then like all of the cousins and aunts and uncles and all of us would get into that room and talk and there'd be this like thing hanging above us and she'd be working or sewing or stitching. And I'm like, man, I want that for my family. I want my son to see what I'm doing. And so I started bringing it into the to the living room and um, finding ways to incorporate Leo in taking pieces of coal and putting it into a mortar and pestle and letting him grind it or beat it with a hammer and have fun with it, you know, trying to make dust with it so that I could use it for, you know, material to work with. Um, bringing him in and asking what he thinks, you know. Um, at children are gold are gold mine of ideas you know um, and so just uh, collaborating with him um, the good the bad and the ugly and seeing where it goes but man it's just I think it's drawn um, us closer it's it's showing him what I'm interested in Um, I don't know that he'll grow up to be an artist at all but we have those memories now that we can build on. Um, and I'm really thankful for that and happy about that. So I think finding ways to, to, instead of your family as like a distraction from the good work that you have to go do, you know, f- how can you build the family into the process um, so that it just seems holistic?
0: I think that's, uh, yeah, it's interesting to consider that because I think probably in the past we've seen, when we have seen mission as something that we need to do, we've seen it more at a particular time of the week or a particular event or a particular thing we do or a particular country we go to when we go and do mission to somewhere else or we do them to people but considering mission as something our lives as something that actually involves all of what we do all the time every day of the week every evening of the week involving involving family involving friends being engaged with other people it's a real challenge to think about what does my life look like how do mm. I engage with people what do people see it's a real, um, yeah, real challenge. Well, and we
1: and we probably mm-hmm. all have like a grandmother <clears throat> figure that we look back at their life and think we're drawn to it. You know, we're touched by it, by the beauty of it. Actually, mm-hmm. the life, and I think that will be that will be true for us as well. Like, we are we living in a way that that we believe is kind of beautiful and artistic and creative and using the the mm-hmm. bits of our life that God mm-hmm. has given us. And certainly our own kids, our own children will remember the way in which we live. Mm-hmm. And if we're striving and if ministry is mostly just a thing that makes us sad or frustrated, or they're seeing that too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, <clears throat> and, and, and maybe that's another realization i had um listening to these guys was something about honesty or not being afraid to own and articulate your struggles with things your your existential pain of doing mission Mm -hmm. which is full of it's full of hardship and sadness and loss Um, it's also full of wonder and triumph and the presence of god but it's it's not not full of those other things Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. and what is our relationship to those kinds of experiences not just failure but despair Mm -hmm. and um doubt and what is our relation to those things? Are we meant to just kind of hide them, tuck them mm-hmm. away, uh, pretend like they don't exist? And so the, the the poets did a really good job, I think, of talking about just honesty, like raw mm-hmm. honesty, that has to that has to to fill poetry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the thing that makes connection with with the listener or mm-hmm. the reader, which creates both challenge and empathy. Mm-hmm. You know. People feel like, oh, that's you're speaking, you're saying something that I feel. Mm-hmm. You're putting into words something that I feel. But also, I can feel very challenged. Like I don't know that I believe that or think mm-hmm. that yet. Mm-hmm. But you're you're coming at me, you know. Um,
0: yeah, I think just when you talking about this was the art and the, the revealing, revealing the vulnerability and the mistakes. Going back to the mistakes bit as well. Talking to someone recently, they were sharing a story about a good friend who died, but two weeks ago. And they were talking about the person who always knitted. And they'd knit things for kids all the time. Um, But towards the end, as she was knitting, she would make a mistake. She'd fall asleep as she was knitting and make a mistake and wake up and then start again. And and she was saying, you know, I need to take out those. I need to go back and take out those um, parts that are the mistakes. And they were like, no, leave them in because they're they're part of the story. Mm, mm. And I think sometimes we're very quick to try and take out those mistakes or cover them up. Whereas actually there is something... Really vulnerable, really special, really important in people seeing those. Mm. I mean,
1: in 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 Japanese ceramics and art, there's something called wabi sabi, which is. Um, Sounds like you just made that up. I didn't. I didn't. It's real. It, you can look it up. But wabi sabi is this idea of of beauty in in imperfection. Mm. That actually, the cracked pot is the mm. more beautiful pot, All right? So you can make a perfect vase or something. Mm. But the one with this sort of flaw in it, which is exactly your yeah, point, yeah. is actually more desirable, yeah, more valuable, yeah. Yeah. more more attractive. Because it has its life, and it's mm-hmm. a reflection mm-hmm. of, of life, yeah. the cracks in our lives. <clears throat> but there was one of the, one of the um, writers, poets, she's actually a playwright and a songwriter um, called Michelle Lang. Uh, she she tells a little bit of uh, I think she tells a, a story about writing a song and then gives us a sample of that song and then reflects a little bit on those lyrics. So I'll let you listen to
3: that. Okay, I'll do. I will give a little example, but I just wanted to lean in a little bit more on uh, what he's sharing when you talking about the boldness, right, of sharing the, your sentiments in these spaces. It's it's not, this is not everybody's truth obviously but the first time that you do it that um, you stand on stage and you communicate or you share your own words, your own thoughts you do feel like you're gonna die <laughs> like right
1: there super facts Like
3: right there, in front of people, whatever the last word of your piece is, you feel like that will be the last word of your life, you will die um, but when you don't when you don't, and you realize I did it, and I didn't die, um, and nobody else died. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they love oh you for it. it.
3: And they like appreciate you, Right. That's a good thing. Not, right? There, end is where some of that boldness starts to come from. It's not because you really believe that that everything you say is so, is so thick and it's so great that it gives you the boldness. It's that you keep doing it. You keep sharing it. And you keep actually living. Out something that so many people, so many of us, want to live out, and and it's therein that 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 boldness kind of comes about. And okay. so I don't think it's I don't think artists who stand on stage are just automatically more bold right. than the rest of us. Right. It's people who have faced death more often, <laughs> <laughs> or the idea that that you're gonna die, um, more often. So so there's a song that's called Push uh, that I wrote, and the chorus is. Um, Um, I gotta push past my fear. I gotta push like my life depends on it.
1: Didn't die. Yeah.
3: I wanna say I think one of the things about <laughs> writing that to go back to your question about honesty, yeah, is you 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 end up on being dishonest as a writer when you have an agenda that you're playing towards. When when something else is, is the agenda besides just being authentic right? Mm-hmm. And so in those words that I pinned and just saying, uh, there's a part that says I don't like the view down here. Right. I gotta push past my fear, I gotta push like my life depends on it, because I don't like the view down here. Well, in these very sanitized Christian spaces that we find ourselves in, it's not really cool to say I don't like the view. I don't like this. Whatever the this is, right? Whatever the whatever your this is of the moment, I don't like it. I know I love Jesus, I love I love the Lord, I love being a Christian, I love, I love, I love, I love. However, there are days and times when I don't like the view. Hmm. And I gotta push past that, right? I gotta push past my pride. So to own that I have pride, to own that I don't like something, that's an honesty that you have to just let live as opposed to being dishonest where you just live into an agenda that says, I'm fine, everything's okay, everything's beautiful, everything's right, you know what, no, some days, everything's not okay, and everything's not fine. And some days I really don't like the view. Um, and so I think for a writer to, um, try to steer away from being dishonest. You have to not write or not create from an agenda, but you, but your only agenda has to be just to tell the truth. Um, even if Jesus answers the truth, or even if Jesus answers the truth, still tell the
1: truth. That that maybe it's part of what I was saying about we are we are witnesses, but we are also being witnessed. You know that I don't know. We probably. Some of us have been taught to do evangelism to sort of present this this the gospel which is separated from me it's separated from the presenter you know the mm. the if anything maybe i talk about my former life might my, my testimony my witness is to say i once was this thing and now i'm i'm sort of whole and healed and a saint i once was a sinner now i'm a saint mm but it it does feel like this is some another takeaway from the artist is like no you you to be an authentic witness is to say this is how i feel now this is who i am now and it's i'm still learning still growing still broken still jealous still Mm. angry still Mm. you know prideful still Mm. flawed um and i don't i don't think that 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 level of authenticity or honesty hurts our witness. I think it it augments mm, mm. our witness. It the missionary needs to needs to stop sanitizing mm. their own story and their own life, their own current story. Uh, it's not necessarily helping in the presentation of the gospel. So we are an apologetic, and like it, we are we are wabi sabi. You know, we we are. It's actually also called wrong theory that that sometimes a beautiful piece of art has something that isn't quite right about it you know the balance is off mm. or the negative space is off or and that's what makes it striking mm. that's what makes it provocative or interesting to look at you know mm. um and and something that i think that is sort of getting at is that w- we can be dishonest in our in, when we write something or the, you know, mm. the artist can be dishonest, but but good art is honest. It's mm. it's truth about who you really are, which does include the redemptive work of God in your life. That you ha- you must mm. also be honest about that, mm. and not just celebrate our victimhood or our, yeah. the bad things in our lives, but to really talk about it. it, it it's contrast, right? So it's it is negative space. Mm. Like you have, there has to be some struggle in your life for Jesus to mean anything, you
0: know. Mm. I think it's uh, something else there. She said kind of towards the start thinking about the the agenda, having that agenda. And we talked a little bit about it on Hmm. Saturday at the Soul Course as well, thinking about having uh, this just focus on something without any kind of room or space for God to move and that authenticity and having the space to be vulnerable, the space to be open and to go with where the Holy Spirit's leading. Whereas we have an agenda, we have something that we just want to get across then we we I think sometimes when we when we when we're like that, when we're so single-minded, we don't see God at work around. We don't slow down enough to see God around. Um and I, I don't know, writing a story, do people start with a particular end in mind or do you start writing? When you start painting, do you have a particular end in mind or do you just start painting? And sometimes it's not having that fixed on this is what I'm going to produce and a little bit what you said earlier about this is what I'm going to produce but actually starting into something our lives not just a ministry or something we're involved with but our lives and going this is not where I want to end up but this is the authenticity this is how I'm going to live out from now and see where it goes and see how God works and how do I see God work at work around me how do I give time and space to see God work around me and don't be so fixed on this is the direction I want to go and this thing I want to produce and so single-minded in that
1: so i I presented this quote to the writers to the poets a guy called gene fowler once said writing is easy all you do is sit staring at a blank sheet of paper until drops of blood form on your forehead (laughs) you know that that actually writing is this difficult arduous thing and all of them just didn't know what i meant they said "Mm, that's not our experience um and so, as poets, so different than the work of writing. You know, I don't know if you're a copywriter or something mm. like that. You know, there is a kind of, you know, gutting it out, sludging it out. But for them, as poets, that's not been their that was not their experience because they 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 don't have an agenda. They when you write poetry, you you, you start with who you are, with what you're mm. feeling, with what's happening in your life. Um, and I think even that is a kind of contrast. Like as missionaries. Do we use the the raw material Mm. of our emotional life and say this is what i'm going to do ministry out of right now so that it's not um drudgery ever Mm. really because for them it's almost like a catharsis you you have to write because it makes sense of your feelings your emotions i sometimes think about that with in preaching you know Back when I would have been preaching, you know, once or twice a week, which is a lot. It's The volume, you really can be, you can become, the threat is that you can become professionalized. You know, you, it's it's not, you're not doing it from your heart. You mm-hmm. just, it's a, it's just, just producing the next it's, thing. Yeah, you're just producing mm-hmm. the next talk or whatever. And I've f- always found that that was a, that was dangerous ground for me to just n- do it professionally, to just take a text and write a talk that I had to always at least try to find my own kind of emotional reality in the moment and bring that into what I was about to say, like what, 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 what was wondrous to me at that moment or what was Mm. painful to me at the moment or what was confusing or giving me delight or whatever, like something truly where I was and that without that, I think we do we do become sort of i don't know industrial in our in the way we do mission and again something that these poets were teaching us which is so so plain to them but maybe maybe is, requires a little bit of reaching for us is be who you are you know, do ministry in an authentic way and and bring your emotional life into mm. the work of mission Don't run from it and, you know, use it. Mm -hmm. And what you'll find probably is that people say, I feel that way too. I feel Mm -hmm. that way too. You Mm -hmm. make that connection, you know, Seth Godin actually talks about the time in which we live is a, is a connection economy. Like what, what is it that we're trying to do? Because it's not essentially build systems or create, or, or, you know, produce products but it's to make connection the economy actually the 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 terms in which you can make money or uh, you know build a lasting enterprise is about platform and and that's all about connection like build something that allows people to make human connections with each other and that's what art does too Mm -hmm. um in fact that you, you could argue that is a primary purpose of art is to make a connection that that art isn't really finished until it finds its audience mm. you know something is created or made but it's only half done until it finds its audience
0: mm.
1: yeah i don't know how we close it close is around to sum up
0: the last just things that people could think about so some of the just to to finish up i suppose and close because sometimes these kind of out there thoughts can be difficult for people to go what does that mean for me i think there's uh, thinking about these things there's yeah when we think about when we look at the artist there is that there's the risk and there's the vulnerability of trying something and doing something i think that's something we need to think about as we look at mission not only in ireland but everywhere and looking at who we are how god's made us the, the mistakes some of the things in our lives are actually things that god uses to to uh, reveal himself and um, there's the from the improv guys thinking about how we're we doing this together how we commit it to one another i think that's a crucial thing when we start something we do something whether it's in churches or in our ministries it's how we have we got each other's backs how are we gonna um celebrate one another encourage one another promote one another not bring and tear people down um yeah in the last so, kind of my
1: closing remarks in the conference, which I, I thought about the night before. <clears throat> um, I, I remembered the story of Ulysses, who, the you know in, in Homer's
0: hmm.
1: epic poem, he finds himself. Traversing that section of sea which had the sirens and their Mm -hmm. song, and they would, these beautiful voices would lure them, you know, sailors to the rocks essentially into the crashing of their boats and the scattering of their corpses, you know, is Mm a deadly song. Um, But it was so beautiful, so enticing that they couldn't resist. And so Ulysses survives because he ties himself to the mast of his boat and he has his. His um, shipmates put wax in their ears, and he he makes them swear that no matter what he says, no matter how he cries out, to not untie him. Mm-hmm. And so he's they're able to to survive the siren song, to pass through safely by using that tactic, which is very anxious and striving, and it's it's about restraint, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so even when we think about like a good life that resists sin Mm. is it a life essentially of restraint you know you made it because you you wanted to do the wrong thing but you didn't you held back you held fast you know but then there's also the story of orpheus who traverses the same waters and also survives but the the tactic that orpheus uses is very different he gets out a musical instrument And he plays a song so beautiful that he and his men are more enraptured by that song that they cannot hear the sirens song. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a more apt metaphor for Mm -hmm. mission. And it's not just that we want to be the ones that are holding on Mm -hmm. to God, you know, and in the world that isn't, you know, and resisting and striving but to actually play a sweeter song, yeah. to sing Very a sweeter song. Yeah. And 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 when we sing that sweeter song, it, it not only saves us, but it saves those that mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. anyone that's listening. Um, we do want to live a holy life, resist sin. We do want to offer an alternative to the world. We do have good news to share in a world of bad news. And we must sing a sweeter song, you know? And again, I think that that's the artist's um, perspective. That is their their view of the world. It is not to say this is wrong or that is wrong, mm. to be a critic. It's like, look at this. But it's See to, and in fact, to be a critic is not to be an artist, mm. right? Critics don't make anything. They just unmake things. Mm. But to, but to refuse, in a sense, to just be a critic in the world, to say this is what's wrong with the world, mm-hmm. to shake our fists at mm-hmm. you know the, the sin or the egregious idolatry or whatever, but to show people a more beautiful way, a more beautiful life, to love God, to love people, to love Scripture, to care about those around us, to bear the fruit of the Spirit, Whatever. However you define it, describe it, to pursue the kingdom in your own heart and in your family and in your life and 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 for that just to be a sweeter song. Mm-hmm.
0: You've been listening to Mission Disco, a podcast by Praxis Movement. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Praxis Movement. Subscribe, like or download this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or online at Praxismovement.ie